With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And here we are for episode two of the Catfish on Ice podcast. My name is Chad Mitten. I am your host. Follow me on Twitter at Chad underscore Mitten. This is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Very excited to bring you an awesome show covering the Nashville Predators. Have a lot to get to today. Uh, Last week we covered the uh, crazy offseason that has happened for the Nashville Predators. This week I'm going to get into roster alignment and how the Preds need to build their starting lineup on both offense, defense, and also with the goaltenders going into opening night. Hopefully the season is just about a month away. We've heard news that the uh, NHL season might start in mid-January, around January 13th. So very excited to hear that news. Also in episode two today, we're going to talk Preds goaltenders because they have a lot of them, both in the minor league ranks and also obviously on their starting NHL roster. So we're going to sort all those out. And then finally, we're going to hit some quick hitters at the end of the episode. We're going to talk about some fantasy hockey. A lot of people out there like to play fantasy hockey. And then we're going to talk also about the uh, rumors going around with Max Pacioretty for the Vegas Golden Knights and how they might possibly be shopping him and are the Predators. Should they be interested? Could that even happen? I'm going to get into that. That's going to be towards the end of the episode. And then, of course, every episode I like to do a – I like to spotlight a Nashville entertainment venue that you should check out if you come out to Nashville for the first time or if you've never been here before. I'm a Nashville native, so I can help you out with what to check out if you ever come to Nashville. So – Going to get it started right now for episode two with the opening face-off for this week, and that is, of course, what I think the Preds should do with their starting lineup this offseason. They've had a lot of roster turnover. Um, they've lost a lot of key players, but they've also added a lot of players that can help, most most importantly, with their defensive issues that they had last season. So I'm going to go lines one through four on both defense and offense, and then we're going to start, obviously, with our forwards. Top line is pretty set with the uh, nickname Jofa line, Ryan Johansson at center position. He had a he had a really off year last year. Went from having 50 assists the season before to the last season. Uh, struggled to really get things going. Uh, so the Preds really need him to bounce back. If you look at last season, he managed just 36 points, 22 assists. Nothing like the normal Johansson that we're used to, which is distributing the puck, finding open guys to uh, get those high danger chances on goaltenders. Just didn't click for him like we're used to seeing for Johansson. I fully expect him to have a bounce back year to some degree, definitely to his standards. Uh, I wouldn't consider him by any means an elite centerman in the NHL, but he's way better than what he put out last season. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. So he's going to anchor that top line at center. And then uh, some familiar names, Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson. I think that's got to be your top line if you're the Preds. you got to have that chemistry that they've built over the years. 
So you can't mess with that. Forsberg, you know, was one of the players last season who, you know, with all the problems the Preds had, it was not on him. He did not drop off in any way. His goal uh, pace was a little down, but who knows what he would have done uh, if it would have been a full season. He could have gone on a hot streak and uh, had a couple of multi-goal games and finished around a 30-goal-plus score just like we want to see him do. And obviously we want to see even more than that. We would love to see uh, Forsberg reach that 40-goal plateau in his future. I think he's more than capable to do that. This season would be a perfect season for that to happen uh, because the Preds, they're going to be searching for some offensive answers this season. I fully expect that. But obviously he's got to be on the top line. And then, of course, Victor Arvidsson. You hope he can stay healthy for a season. He had that horrible injury in the Winter Classic. And he was just never the same after he came back from that injury in the Winter Classic. So uh, you hope he can stay healthy. You hope that defenses aren't starting to figure him out. He has to obviously work a lot harder with his uh, physical size uh, when he's out there. He's always been really good at doing that. And so for uh, Arvidsson, you just hope he can stay healthy. I, uh, I, I'm i pretty confident in that top line. They do have a lot of pressure on them, more so than normal to deliver for the Preds because, like I said earlier, a lot of roster turnover, and you got to wonder where is the offense going to come from this season. Obviously, it starts with that top line just like any team. Let's go to that second line, which has everybody wondering how is it going to be shaped. Of course, you got Matt Duchesne right in the center of that. Um, He left a lot of fans wanting more last season, and I understand that. Uh, We know what Duchesne is capable of bringing, but he's also a very streaky player. Um, Just go off of last season. When, When the season first started, all the way back in October of 2019, he was just a wrecking ball. He was out there just getting people super pumped about what was to come. And then, uh, you know, November happened. And then really where he really started to trail off was in December. If you go back and look at his uh, game logs for last season. And then February was a really down month for him. And then, of course, the Stanley Cup qualifiers, the Preds get eliminated in four games. And he get, he catches a lot of flack for that offsides call. But looking to the future, let's not dwell on the past here. Duchesne is the key to the Preds really avoiding slipping further back next season. I strongly believe that. He he is the key to all this, and he is right there firmly on that second line. He has the skating ability, the puck handling. He has the, the vision on the ice to make players around him better. I, I'm fully confident in that. So uh, who do you put with him? Uh, at this early stage, without any training camp or anything like that, I'm going first off with Ellie Tolvanen. Tolvanen is a player who was drafted and uh, with a lot of hype. And, uh, you know, ask any Preds fan, diehard Preds fan, they are anxiously waiting for him to um, ascend into a regular role for the Predators. And so he's playing in the KHL right now, and he's doing okay. He's holding his own. He's not doing anything that's really standing out. He's producing about a half a point per game. Uh, you'd like to see more, but really what you want to see from Tolvanen to take that next step is to build his defensive game, uh, bulk up on size, not get pushed around, uh, be able to create that, um, that uh, you know, all that room on the ice to get good shots on goal. That's what you need from Tolvanen. I would, at this early point before training camp, I would put him right there with Duchesne. I think Duchesne can make him 
maximize his potential on the NHL level. On the other side, I'm going to stick Luke Coonan in there, who just got traded here on draft day for Nick Benino. So uh, I think Coonan uh, is a guy who is getting ready to take off in his own right in the NHL. Uh, had a career year last year for the Minnesota Wild. And if you look at uh, uh, message boards for Wild fans, they're, they were initially not very happy to see him go. I'm sure they're uh, excited to have Benino on the team now, but Coonan was not a player they were excited to see go. So uh, he's our gain now. He's the Preds gain now, and I like him on that second line, uh, looking at it right now before training camp. Going to that third line, uh, obviously a lot of turnover there because you don't have Nick Benino and you don't have Craig Smith anymore, uh, who were two mainstays on the third line. The third line was um, wild, uh, was basically the most consistent line for the Preds last season. You could always count on them to put out good shifts, uh, stop the momentum if the other team was carrying momentum, and put out just really solid quality shifts. So now uh, two of those players are gone. So that's where you're at on the third line. You do have one player who spent a lot of time on the third line, and I'm keeping him there, and that's Rocco Grimaldi. I think Grimaldi is about to take off even further next season. i huge fan of Rocco Grimaldi. I think he's going to keep getting better. I'm very pleased that he's found a home, a long-term home here in Nashville. And I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's going to lead that third line. I think he's going to generate a lot of offense for that third line. Now, who do you put with him? That is a huge question mark. For me, at center, you, I'm sticking Colton Sissons there. Colton Sissons has been with the team for a while. He knows what he, where he's at. He's comfortable. He has to obviously show a little more in the offensive department. But I like I like Sissons. I like him in the way he forechecks. I like the way he plays a defensive style of game. Um, I trust him in that third-line role at center position with Rocco Grimaldi. You got two players who played here last year. Um, and so I, I'm for sure I'm sticking with those two. Who you put also on the third line, I mean, you can have debates all day on who you want to stick there on that third spot. For me personally, right now before training camp, I'm definitely going with Yakov Trenin. Uh, he, he's a big fan favorite. He hasn't gotten nearly the time I think he deserves on the NHL level yet. I think this is the season that you do that. He uh, He's another guy who provides defense, but he also provides offense. He's a well-rounded player. He is also getting work in the KHL right now and uh, to continue to develop his game. He's really just tore it up for the Milwaukee Admirals, who are a great team down in the AHL, uh, Preds affiliate. So I want to see him on that third line initially right now. It's obviously a fluid situation, but that's where I would put uh, Yakov training right now. I definitely want to see him in the starting lineup. I'll be very um, – I'll, I'll be disappointed if, if Trennan's not in the starting lineup on opening night for the – new season for the Preds. Let's go down to that fourth line. Fourth line's important. They don't get nearly as much ice time, obviously, but they got to have that defensive presence. They can't be liabilities when they come in the game. They can't surrender leads. They can't make horrible turnovers. So who do you put there? Um, you know, let's go with the, let's start with that, with the veteran free agency pickup of Brad Richardson. We're not calling on him to come in here and pile up goals uh, make highlight reels uh, and all that stuff, even though he did make the highlight reel by ironically eliminating the Preds out of the Stanley Cup qualifiers back in August by uh, scoring the game-winning goal for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll leave that in the past as well, but we would love to see that if he scores some game-winning goals, but he needs to come in and just 
really provide that veteran leadership for the people who are going to be on the third line with him. Uh, again, avoid horrible uh, mistakes when it comes to turnovers and stuff like that. Don't be a huge liability as a veteran on that fourth line. And you're going to get what you want out of them if you're the Preds. So Brad Richardson is my uh, fourth line center as of right now. And then let's go with Cal Yarncroft, which has been with the Preds for a while now. He's never taken that next step up, that next level up. But he's a guy who can come out and score you big goals. He's a guy who knows his role on the team, and he can do it well at times. So I think I'm very comfortable with Yarncroft being on the fourth line. Yarncroft's been all over this lineup recently, going back to last season. He's He even spent some time on the first line. Uh, that's how much of a, a mess the Prez lineup was last season. Uh, you were seeing players be thrown all over the place. Can't happen this season. You got to find some consistency there. So I'm going to put Yarncroft on the fourth line going into opening night. And then you're going to go with Nick Cousins, another free agency pickup on the other spot on the fourth line. So you got two newcomers, two newcomers starting off on the fourth line uh, in Richardson and Nick Cousins. Cousins played most of last season with the Montreal Canadiens, finished it off with the Vegas Golden Knights, and then the Preds got him for a very team-friendly deal. Very excited to see what uh, Nick Cousins can bring to the team. He uh, blocks shots. He gets hits. Uh, he, he does a lot of the little things, and that's what you need for a fourth-line guy. So Cousins initially starts off on the fourth line. You can interchange him and stick him on the third line, uh, but I'm going to stick him on the fourth line. Go over to the defensive side of things. A lot more uh, set in stone, a lot more not, – not, not as uh, much debate on that. Obviously, Norris Trophy winning – uh, defenseman Nor uh, Roman Yossi is going to be obviously at the top with Ryan Ellis, uh, arguably the best one-two punch in the NHL when it comes to defensemen on your top pairing. They're not going anywhere. They're going to have to carry this team. Even on offense, they're going to have to really push the offensive pace, uh, even as defensemen. And then you're going to go, obviously, on the second pairing, um, you're going to go with Matias Ekholm. He's not going anywhere. He's been with this team for a long time. He's undervalued a lot of times, maybe not his best season last year. You can say that a lot of, about a lot of the Preds players last year, but he is still an outstanding player, underrated, uh, gets out there. He's always going to give it 100% effort, and so he's going to stick on that second pairing. Who you put with him, up for debate. I'm going with Mark Bervetsky, who uh, was brought in here um, over the offseason. He's coming in here, and he's going to be an enforcer. He's not out there to score goals like your top two defensemen and Yossi and Ellis. He is out there to give us some defensive punch because the Preds have lacked that really badly over the last couple of years, which is why they've been spiraling backwards. And so I like Bravetsky in there in that second pairing. Great, awesome free agency pickup by the Preds to get him, again, for a team-friendly deal. And so sticking him there. And that, interestingly enough, pushes Dante Fabro back to the third pairing. He spent all of his time on the second pairing last year. I think it will do Fabro well uh, as he's still coming into his game, still coming into his own. It's not an indictment on him. I don't think it's time to give up on Fabro or he's a bust or anything like that. I think he will uh, do much better on that third pairing role. Uh, I think he can develop his game more. Uh, just be a better fit for him at that spot going into next season. And then uh, another free agency pickup, Matt Benning. I would put him on the other th 
other spot of the third defensive pairing. And so uh, I think the defense looks looks so much better going into next, this upcoming season as it did last season. The third pairing was constantly being shifted around. You never know who was going to start on the third pairing last season. Uh, Dan, Dan Hamuse, uh, very respected and awesome uh, veteran, uh, retired. Uh, he brought some stability to the third pairing when he was in the game, uh, but he is no longer with them. Yannick Weber was uh, lost in free agency. Wouldn't call it a big loss to lose Yannick Weber, but he's gone. Um, so the third pairing needs more consistency, more stability. I think you get that with Benning and with Fabro moving back from the second pairing to the third pairing. So that's how I got the forwards shaked out, and that's how I got the defensive part of it um, laid out. Going into the goaltenders, obviously it's UC Soros. He's going in there, and he is the de facto primary starting goaltender. Uh, we've known for years now that Soros was eventually going to take over for Pecorine. you got to give him the keys to the car this season in game one. He's got to get all the starts – or the the, the majority of the starts, obviously. And um, you got to see what you got out of him. Like, we're going to get into it more in the next segment, but the Preds got a lot of things to figure out with their goaltenders. And it's not necessarily a bad thing that they got a lot to figure out there, but you got to see if Soros can really take on that role of being your number one goaltender. And he was starting to come into his own at the tail end of last season before the pause. Uh, he was on a hot streak going into March. Uh, had back-to-back shutouts against the Dallas Stars, who ended up going, uh, you know, ended up going through a tear through the Western Conference. And so, uh, you got to give Saros a chance. Rene is going to be your backup. Rene is going to get those spot starts, and then you're just going to go from there. If Saros is just costing you games, he's giving up a lot of weak goals, and obviously you make the switch and you go to Rene. Uh, but you got to give Saros the start originally. Have Rene be your backup. You got Connor Ingram down there. We're going to in the AHL, who's ha- had an outstanding season for the Milwaukee Admirals last season. So a lot to figure out there, but that's that's your goaltender. That's your goaltender outlook going into next season. So that's a lot to to, to uh, comb through there. That's my Preds starting lineup. It could be changed, obviously. That's my opening face-off for episode two of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get more into the uh, – goaltender situation for the Preds, not just with Saros and Pecorine, but also we're going to get into what's going on with Connor Ingram down in the AHL. Does he have an actual chance to get some NHL looks this season if Saros or Rene struggle badly? Of course, you got the Preds draft pick of Irislav Askarov. Uh, he's a, He has the chance to be a generational goaltender. He's been um, compared to Carey Price. We're going to get into that uh, and talk about – where do the Preds stand both now and in the near future when it comes to uh, their goaltenders? So that's coming up next. I'll be joined with some guests and come on right back to the Catfish on Ice podcast. All right, we're back with the Catfish on Ice podcast, episode two. Uh, in the previous segment, we talk, I talked a little bit about how the Preds are – going into a really odd time when it comes to their goaltenders. I kind of talked about uh, their roster alignment. I went through the entire starting lineup and kind of set how I think their lineup's going to be laid out. And I talked about UC Soros because he is the major uh, starting goaltender that's going into the season. We've known this for a while. 
I'm Chad Minton. I'm joined by Rich Howe and CJ Wodoshek, who are both Predlines contributors for Predlines.com on the fan side of network. They know their stuff for the for the National Predators. They do a lot of good stuff. They know what they're they know what they're talking about. And uh, so I'm I'm very excited to have them join me today. And we're going to get into these uh, all the Preds goaltenders that they have, both in the NHL ranks and also in the minor leagues. Uh, guys, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing great. Glad to be awesome. into this finally. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So, um, so like I was saying, uh, UC Soros is definitely going into the new season as the de facto number one goaltender for the Predators. But you know, of course, you still have Pecorine uh, as the uh, as the goat of the Preds, as a lot of people like to say. He's been around for a while going into his last season on his current contract with the Preds. So a lot of people on the outside looking in probably think that the uh, Predators are pretty set uh, at goaltender, but they also drafted a generational goaltender uh, with uh, Iroslav Askarov at the 11th overall pick in this past draft. And so uh, it really makes you wonder, like, how much faith do they have in Soros? Like, they're – like this franchise has always been built on strong goaltending, even when they were founded in 1998 with Mike Dunham. They've always had very solid goaltending. They that's never been their problem. So now they're going into a season where they got Soros. Um, it's kind of split on the confidence in him. You've got Pecorine, who didn't have a great season last year for many reasons, not all on his own. Um, and then you've got Connor Ingram down in the AHL. And then, of course, they just drafted with their 11th overall pick, a goaltender as well. So a lot to sort out. Guys, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, I'm going to start with CJ first. Uh, CJ, how do you see this going right now as far as uh, uh, Soros and the confidence uh, we should have in him uh, going into this season and also what's going on uh, behind him on the depth chart? Sure. So, yeah, for Soros, you know, I did a little research on him. Uh, so he's only going to be 25 going to 26 this year. And he's already got four years of NHL experience underneath him. Uh, when Pecorine came in, he was 26. So they're at about the same age, still learning, still kind of growing when it's, uh, you know, at that same age rate. So I still think Saros is, like you said, he's still learning the curve, still trying to get into that mold of the NHL. Um, just because to, uh, I'm trying to think of the exact word to, exa- uh, to say for him, but the team plays differently in front of him and they play differently in front of Pecorine. So I think Saros needs to find his identity, uh, who he is as a goaltender, play to his strengths, and then have the team kind of mold around him, kind of like what they do with Pecker right now. Uh, so I still think you know we should trust him, watch him grow, continue to play for us and grow as a goaltender. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I agree with that completely. Like the thing with, with, uh, with, with Saros is uh, he's kind of been on deck for a while now for Preds fans. Like people have been like, okay, we know that you are going to eventually replace Pecorine. And that is big skates to fill. Like, I mean, for, for Preds fans, that's like, wow, put the pressure on you right there. And so, uh, 
I've always compared goaltenders because I'm a football fan as well. I always compare it to uh, naturally to being a quarterback. And it's like, who's the next man up? And it's been Soros for a couple years now. And he's got undeniably great skills. And he showed that uh, at the tail end of this past season. Uh, going into March, he was on this crazy hot streak. Who knows how he would have ended last season if it would have been the full 82 games. We can only speculate. But he was on a hot streak. He was carrying the team. Back-to-back shutouts against the Dallas Stars. We all know how good they ended up being. And so um, the confidence should be high in, in Saros, but then you can't leave out Pecorine, who is – we all know what he's capable of, capable of, even at his age. And so, Rich, how do you feel about Pecorine uh, going into next season? Like, is he done? Is he just – is that all he is, is a backup? Or – should we still keep Pekka as the type of Vesna-type goaltender who can, you know, carry the Preds next season? Yeah, um, I really feel like we don't really know what to expect out of Pekka. We haven't seen him play since March. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't get to see him in the in the qualifiers. Um, Saros took off one of those starts and. I mean, you just don't know. Uh, we we heard good reports out of training camp on him, and, you know, he seemed to be doing good, but I guess they decided to go with Saros. And, you know, you want him to succeed, and he's really getting robbed, uh, you know, with this shortened season of, of his – if it is his last year, you know, his farewell tour. Um, I think he's probably going to be getting 40% of the starts with Saros, you know, taking the rest, and – with the 56 game season, that only equals out to like 22, 23 games. So, you know, we just don't know until the season starts and we see who, you know, what's going on in training camp. We just, you really just don't know how you're going to do. You want him to succeed, definitely, but just not sure at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I think the thing going into this season with, with Pekka is, I mean, everyone, like you said, Rich, everyone is rooting for him. He's easily, on the Mount Rushmore of all-time great Preds players. Nothing will change that. Even what happens this season, nothing will change that. Um, you know, this past season, a lot of shaky defense in front of the goaltenders, not to make excuses, not saying that um, age isn't catching up with Pekka a little bit, but um, he's absolutely capable of bottling up his Vezina form, which wasn't that long ago, and yeah. carrying this team. So that's kind of the – it's a good dilemma, but that's kind of the, the dilemma that the Preds find themselves in right now. And I am of the full belief that if the Preds can build a better defense in front of their goaltenders, uh, especially on special teams. I mean, special teams was atrocious last season. Um, they can do more favors for their goaltenders, both Saros and Rene. Uh I think a lot of their numbers look a lot worse last year than they really were based on that, based Absolutely. on very shaky special teams play. And I'm sure there are some analytics people out there who would be like, well, wait just a minute. But <laughs> from what I saw on the eye test, it was very shaky defensive play in front of the net last year. And we're not used to seeing that with the Preds if you've been following this team for uh, more than just one or two seasons. But – there's this guy, and he's hanging around in the AHL. He's kind of good. 
we should all be focusing on him, and it's Connor Ingram. And I'm telling you, there's a very good chance he will be wearing a Preds uniform and starting this upcoming season if either one of Rene or Saros struggle badly and they need, or, you know, if there's an injury, like, you know, like that could happen as well. Um, you got Connor Ingram, who just had an outstanding season for the Milwaukee Admirals. The entire Mil- Milwaukee Admirals team had a great season. But uh, let's talk about Ingram. He last season went 21 5 and 5. 21 5 and 5. 1.92 goals against average. 93% save percentage. Over 93% save percentage. With that sample size of games, that is insane. I'm sorry. Uh, so you got to be focusing on Ingram. CJ, What do you, I know you are a big Milwaukee Admirals fan. You follow the team very closely up there. Uh, wh- how do you feel about Connor Ingram and his NHL potential right now? Yep, yeah, born and raised in Milwaukee, so, yep, huge Admirals fan. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, we've seen goaltenders come and go through Milwaukee, you know, looking for their chance to get into Nashville. They just can't because of Pecorino. Um, you know, two names come to mind is like Magnus Hellberg, uh, Merrick Mazinix. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah, they they were lights out here too. Uh, I remember watching games and they would just make crazy glove saves. And I'd be like, oh yeah, he's NHL caliber. And then they'd make that transition to the NHL, especially uh, Magnus with the New York, I think it was last year or two years ago. And that transition just didn't happen. So for Connor, he's been in the AHL for three years now, three different teams. Um, he's posted about the same numbers, you know, nice, you know, 0.92 save percentages on average, but it's all about that transition to the NHL. If he can make that transition, he's going to be glue up there. He's going to be, you know, a solid starter for them for hopefully a couple more years. Um, at least until maybe ask or, uh, you know, the draft pick came, I totally botched his name, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you never know. And okay. you see these guys come over, they transition. And it's just, for me, it's all about that transition period. Um, you know, I look back at the drafts that we've had to 2008, especially uh, predators drafted Chet Picard. Uh, it was 13th overall, I believe. And they were like, okay, he's going to be great. He's going to be our number one. He never played a game in the NHL. So oh, yeah. it's all about that transitional period for me. So I think we need one more year out of Connor just so he can prove himself in Milwaukee. He'd post those same numbers again. Yeah. I definitely say call him up, sign him long-term, keep him in the, uh, the system. All right. So uh, yeah. So, you know, Connor Ingram, obviously we got a great goaltender down in Milwaukee to go along with a great team. And that's one of the problems you face whenever you're having a great uh, minor league team is those players get plucked to the NHL. And if you're a minor league fan, you're like, you're taking my best players. We're so good. But uh, that's kind of where the Preds find themselves at right now, honestly, is a lot of changes, a lot of roster turnover. And Connor Ingram is one of those players who – we're going to have to see how this season shakes out, a shortened season. We're going to have to see how Soros handles uh, handles that. Uh, Rich, I'm going to toss it to you to close out this segment. Do you think that um, Soros is ready 
to take on that number one primary role. You know, he's going into this season as the primary goaltender. I don't think anyone can argue that. He's got Pekka behind him. You know, if you ask Soros, he just wants the team to win. He's a team player. But for the sake of our discussion, do you think that Soros can hold on to that top role? Or do you think that Rene is going to have to be called upon to carry this team once again? Well, I really think that Soros is – this is his make-or-break year, and I think he, he realizes it. He's, he's got to realize it. You know, they drafted Askarov. That's got to be weighing on him. He, he, he has to feel the pressure to perform next season. He's got one more year with his mentor and Rene. And, um, you know, I think, I think he, he will do well. Um, he was hot at the end of the season, like you said. And then, you know, the season was cut off and then he played well. I thought he played well during the qualifiers. I, I think it was the team in front of him who caused some issues. And I really feel that he, he'll, he'll do well next year and, and continue on. I mean, he's, he's a great goaltender. He's learned from the best, and, you know, he's going to be our man. I think it's fair to say that if for for whatever reason it doesn't work out for Saros in Nashville, he will find a home somewhere else. Like, he, his, his skill set is undeniable. Um, we hope that doesn't happen as Preds fans. We hope that he is the guy, and he, you know, Rene does pass the torch over to Saros, and, you know, that, that would – that that's because then you can use Askarov as a trade piece possibly. And you've seen plenty of rumblings out there about that because every, there's a lot of teams out there who need that goaltender. Preds have never really found themselves in that position. They've always been set in that position. The Preds have always been searching for those uh, top line elite goal scorers, mm-hmm. uh, top centermen. That's always been their weakness. They've never had a problem with finding a goaltender. You know, they've been very fortunate you know, very fortunate in their history of having very steady goaltending. You go back to Pecorino over the last decade plus. Um, you had a small little stint with Dan Ellis, who I actually look back at Dan Ellis's stats for a little bit. He was very brief when he was here, but his numbers were not bad. You had Thomas Vacoon. You had Mike Dunham, who was the original top goaltender for the Preds in 1998. You had Chris Mason for a, mm-hmm. for a little bit, who's now – an awesome broadcaster for Fox Sports Tennessee local coverage. So uh, the Preds have always had very excellent, sturdy goaltending, but they're going through some uh, changing times now at that position. So that's why I really wanted, wanted to get into this topic tonight, guys. I appreciate you offering your insight at CJ Wodashek and Rich Howe. You can follow them on Twitter. Uh, they are Predlines contributors for the Fan Sided Network, and they put out great content. Uh, Thanks, guys, for joining me. And uh, we're getting in uh, in the next segment. I'm going to cover some uh, some quick hitters on uh, the the rumors with Max Max Pacioretty. And if the Preds are actually really uh, in the market for him, we're going to talk a little fantasy hockey as well. There's a lot of guys who like to play fantasy hockey out there as well. And then also I'm going to close out with my Nashville Entertainment venue of the week. Guys, thank you for joining me. And please come on back for the final segment of the Catfish on Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network.
All right, coming back to you with the Catfish on Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Minton, your host. Follow me on Twitter at Chad underscore Minton. I'm about to bring you some quick hitters to close out episode two of Catfish on Ice podcast. And let's get right into it with these, uh, I guess you can't really call them rumors anymore, but these uh, talks about Max Pacioretty being on the market now, possibly. Possibly the Vegas Golden Knights who um, have some cap issues, got to get back under under the flat salary cap. So they're shopping these players. You got Max Pacioretty who is proven to be one of the best goal scorers in the league. This was originally... Uh, brought on by Frank Saravelli of TSN. He put out put out the report of uh, Pacioretty possibly being available. Very interesting at this point in the offseason to see this drop. But you shouldn't be too surprised just considering where Vegas currently is with their um, with their cap and trying to get back under the cap. So obviously, the, uh, from a Predators perspective and for uh, GM David Poyle, they've got – plenty of cap space to go out there and swing for the fences and get a big time player like Pacioretty. Pacioretty carries a um, salary uh, hit. Uh, he's got uh, next three years, uh, $7 million left on each year. So uh, for the Preds, they've got almost $13 million worth of cap cap room right now. So they could definitely go out and get a player like Pacioretty if they want to take that risk. You've got a uh, Lyle Fitzsimmons for uh, Bleacher Report who put out some possible landing spots for Pacioretty if he is indeed uh, sent away by the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he listed the Bruins, the Panthers. I think the Panthers are another likely destination for uh, Pacioretty. Uh, you've got the New Jersey Devils, the New York Islanders, and there you have it. The Nashville Predators are also on his uh, personal list of teams that could be landing spots for Pacioretty. It really does make sense. I mean, the Preds, uh, Weren't, we're in the bottom half of the league in scoring last year. They've lost a lot of offense with uh, Craig Smith and uh, Nick Benino and Granlund and uh, Kyle Turris and Colin Blackwell, uh, Austin Watson. I know those aren't all big-time goal scorers, but they a lot of roster turnover. So um, it makes sense to put the Preds on the short list of possible destinations for Pacioretty. So this is definitely a story worth following. So it's very interesting. Uh, we'll have to see how this unfolds. In the end, I think the Golden Knights are going to figure out other ways to get under the cap, and Pacioretty is going to remain with the Golden Knights. Even the owners come out and put out there that he's not uh, Pacioretty's not being shopped. Of course, the owner is going to come out and say that. That doesn't mean that um, it's not actually happening. So I wouldn't read too much into what the owner says. But um, in the end, I think Pacioretty sticks with the Golden Knights and the Golden Knights make other moves to get under the cap. But the Preds are certainly one of those teams that you need to pencil in as a possible spot for him. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. That will definitely bring a lot of buzz to this team going into the first game of the upcoming season if they land a goal-scoring sniper like Max Petretti. So we will we will keep up with that. Uh, hit, going on to the next quick hitter, let's talk some fantasy hockey. A lot of people out there, a lot of hockey fans love to play fantasy hockey. I personally find fantasy hockey to be way harder than the more normal fantasy football. Uh, you've got to put a ton of effort and uh, attention into fantasy hockey. you got to look at your lineups every day. Of course, in hockey, you've got those uh, healthy scratches that come along. you got to make sure you're not putting a player in your lineup that's not going to even get any ice time. So it, it requires a lot of attention to detail. But um, 
I encourage everyone on Twitter to go follow Fantasy on Ice at NHL Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, Pete Jensen's one of the main guys over there. He is uh, a great follow. They put a lot of interesting uh, fantasy stuff out there. And they have uh, recently did a bunch of their uh, rankings of each position and the top fantasy players in each position. And when it comes to the Preds, uh, we'll just go down this quick list here. Uh, when they ranked their top 50 centers, the only centerman on the list was Matt Duchesne, way down there, almost at the very end of the list in the top 50. Uh, no Ryan Johansson, which I found very uh, interesting. I thought Johansson would be maybe even ranked ahead of Duchesne on that list. So if, you, uh, if you're playing fantasy hockey this year and you like to have some Preds on your team, I think Duchesne or Ryan Johansson could both be fantasy steals for you in your draft in the late rounds, judging by that that short list there. Um, then you got uh, their top right wings. Of course, Nikita Kucherov is at the top of that list. You got guys like uh, Kane and Rantanen. Of course, those guys are going to be at the top. But keeping it on the Preds here, uh, Victor Arvidsson barely cracks their top 50 at number 49. Uh, no other Preds on that list. You do have a former National Predator, Kevin Fiala, all the way up at number 13 when it comes to right wings on their uh, NHL Fantasy on Ice rankings. Uh, so I found that uh, – Kind of, kind of surprising to see Fiala ranked that high. Um, I know a lot of Preds fans miss Kevin Fiala and have a still have a huge love for him, even though he plays for the Minnesota Wild. So he might be a good pickup for you, Kevin Fiala. I think he's really about to start taking off for them. Wish he was still doing it in a Preds uniform, but uh, we won't go there. Then let's go down to the left wings. Uh, we do have a Preds player that's a lot higher on the list there, and of course that is Philip Forsberg. He is ranked number nineteen on their left wings. Um, Forsberg has a lot of fans even outside the Nashville market, so I'm sure he'll get taken rather quickly in your draft. I think that Forsberg, you know, we're coming up on a, another shortened season around 50, mid-50s in games played. So uh, I think Forsberg could come in at that uh, 20 to 25 goal mark if he has a really strong season. Uh, if he could pass 20 goals in a 50-game season, 50-ish game season, I think that'll be considered a success for Forsberg. And then uh, – uh, the top – this past uh, draft pick, the top draft pick, uh, Alexi Lafreniere is um, in there at number 22 on left wings. So um, I thought that was interesting that he's way up there at number 22. Um, I mean, you know a lot of people are going to are gonna probably reach for him and draft him even higher just because he's got all the uh, draft buzz of being the top overall pick going to the New York Rangers, uh, you know, so I found that pretty interesting. Let's get into some more Preds players who are ranked uh, rankings on the fantasy. Uh, let's go to the defense. Roman Yossi, of course, one of the league's best defensemen, obviously just won the Norris Trophy. He is ranked number 36 overall out of all their fantasy players, all the positions. Uh, so a lot of people are going to uh, go after Roman Yossi, of course. Ryan Ellis, I couldn't believe he's ranked all the way at number 145 overall. I thought he'd be ranked a lot higher than that. I think he if, if that's where he's going to be slotted in drafts, then go get him. Uh, he, he could be a steal for you for sure. Ryan, I think Ryan Ellis is going to have a bounce back here, especially on the power play. Uh, I think the Preds are really going to lean on him in his uh, power play production. So that's Ellis. And then let's go to the goalies real quick for the Preds. Of course, UC Soros is expected to be the number one goaltender this season. Um, they put out a, a, a recent piece talking about uh, the Preds and their fantasy preview. And they talked about how Saros was one of the best fantasy goalies over the last month of this previous season. So I think Saros could be a solid pick for you as one of your goaltenders. I think, you know, he's under a lot of pressure. He's under the microscope going into this season. 
not just obviously from a fantasy perspective, but in real life hockey, obviously. So, uh, yeah, uh, Pecorine is not even on on their list. He's going to be a backup this year, most likely, unless Saros really struggles. So um, those are kind of your – that's your quick rundown. Uh, like I said, go follow at NHL Fantasy and Pete Jensen. They do awesome work if you're into fantasy hockey. Really love following those guys and seeing all the uh, cool stuff they put out uh, when it comes to fantasy hockey, even though I'm terrible at fantasy hockey. Uh, it's still fun to read their stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's from the press perspective when it comes to fantasy. And then to close out today, close out the episode, uh, I'm going to get into one last quick hitter, and that's the World Junior Champion Hockey World Champ- Junior Championship is coming up really soon. In fact, they're getting ready to go to their uh, bubbles, their bubble up in Edmonton to get ready for this tournament, which opens on Christmas Day, runs through January 5th. Of course, Team Canada is stacked. Everyone expects Team Canada to, to win again. But, um, you know, of course, uh, it's kind of become the new normal dealing with COVID for all these sports, all these different leagues. And um, they're kind of dealing with COVID issues all the, all the way through the tournament. Um, just coming, just reading this uh, report from the Sporting News, uh, they talked about how only four teams in this tournament have, haven't had to report any changes to their roster due to COVID. So, um, from a Preds perspective, you got Philip Tomasino, of course. They uh, Team Canada has been having their tryout for the roster, and they're expected to announce their final roster um, really soon. And of course, uh, Philip Tomasino should easily make the squad, which is very impressive, and that should make you um, super pumped up about the fact that Tomasino is going to make such a competitive roster. Um, I expect Team Canada to easily win, maybe not easily win, but I do expect them to um, win the the tournament. Uh, this is kind of going to push into training camps for the NHL because the tournament doesn't end until January 5th. And you're, some of the teams are actually going to open training camp on New Year's Day. They're actually, or New Year's Eve, I should say. Uh, the teams who didn't go to the return to play Stanley Cup qualifiers back in August, those teams haven't played an actual game since March. And so they are going to get a little bit of extra time possibly to, uh, to train, but not much more. And then uh, they're expecting the rest of the NHL teams to start training camp on January 3rd. That's assuming everything keeps going smoothly. Of course, that's a fluid situation. But I'm very interested in the World Juniors. It's always a fun tournament to watch. I hope uh, they can get everything going and they don't face any more issues and they can get this tournament out there. It's an awesome tournament. I know the, the young players love to play in this tournament. It's a big deal. And we will be watching Philip Tomasino to see how he performs uh, everyone's really excited to see him possibly even join the Preds this season. Yet his his dynamic talent is is undeniable. Uh, he's just a well rounded player, and there's reason for excitement uh, for Philip Tomasino in his uh, future in a Preds uniform. So that those are our quick hitters for episode two of the Catfish on Ice podcast. Uh, I'm going to close this episode like I'm going to close every episode out, and I'm going to highlight a local Nashville business. This is this. I'm switching uh, gears from the entertainment aspect of it because everyone's got to eat. And when you go on vacation, you always want to eat good food. You want to eat good local type food. And so I'm going to highlight Martin's Barbecue Joint. I realize they're not uh, they they are a chain and they're they're in other states other than Tennessee. But Martin's Barbecue. Uh, a lot of people like to come to Nashville to eat barbecue, Southern style barbecue. And so Martin's Barbecue is my pick for where to go if you're looking to eat barbecue because there's a lot of options in Nashville uh, as far as barbecue places. I pick Martin's Barbecue. They are located uh, numerous places downtown and around Nashville in the suburbs. 
Uh, you got Fourth Avenue, Midtown, to Belmont near Belmont University. Those are three different locations that are pretty close to each other. Um, they've got all, all your classics: uh, pulled pork, brisket, smoked turkey. Uh, they've got sandwiches. They've got all the awesome side items like mac and cheese, potato salad, baked beans, hush puppies. Uh, my personal favorite on their menu item is, uh, on their menu is the barbecue nachos. So if you're looking for a good place to eat and you're visiting Nashville in the future, go check out Martin's Barbecue. Help out the help out the wait staff there. They are working hard through all this, and they have definitely taken a hit from the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, as a lot of us have. And so, go support uh, some local service industry members. Eat some good uh, local food. Uh, Martin's Barbecue Joint. That's my pick of the week when it comes to Nashville local businesses. I'll do it one every week at the end of the episode. And so that's it for episode two of the Catfish on Ice podcast. I really appreciate you joining me for another episode. I'm Chad Minton. Thanks to the guys at the Hockey Podcast Network for allowing me to do this podcast covering the Nashville Predators. Can't wait to see you in our next episode. And until then, until our paths cross again, please stay safe out there. And I appreciate all of you. Take care.